Hi, everyone. You're listening to In the Open, a podcast by Mental Health America, where we talk all things mental health related. Hey, everybody. We're back with Teresa and America here in the open. Hi, everybody. Today, we're going to talk about why do people say hurtful things? Why do I say hurtful things? And how do I deal with responding to hurtful things people say? And how do I stop saying hurtful things? So before we start, this is these kinds of podcasts always make me feel so much shame. And I talked to America about this and we just need to acknowledge that, that that's an emotion that happens when you have confessions about what a crappy person you are because of the way you lash out because of your brain or just what happens. And But I think hurting one another is a human thing. Yeah, dude, but I, I have to tell you, you are not a crappy person. I know that's your frame and I get it. But we all go through this. So I, in, in my all positive way of trying to be better, I that's how I try to focus. Like, we can do better. Mm-hmm. And we're just figuring it out. So mm-hmm. we can act crappy, but we're not crappy people. Yeah. Let's... It's so hard to do this, but we have to push ourselves to do this. So let's have two minutes where we're sharing about some example of hurtful things that have been told to us or things that we have said. Oh, man. Can I like do this recording underneath a blanket? No, I see that's that's the shame monster. Yeah, that is the shame monster. Um. I can tell you, I have I have definitely said hurtful things. Sometimes I have said hurtful things out of anger and frustration mm-hmm. and an inability to really um, get the other person to understand what I'm saying. Like what? You have to get full confessional. The one, this one thing stands out in my head. This one wasn't out of anger. It was just me trying to be like funny, but not. I didn't think about the consequence of it. Oh, yeah. Um, Where I was with my friends and my friend never had – their father wasn't ever really around. And I was talking about – a couple of our friends were talking about our relationships with our fathers. And and then the friend that hasn't had a father figure in her life was like, well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even know what to say. It's like, yeah, because you haven't had a father. And I was like, oh, my God, America. Oh my god! And then, like, I immediately—it's not funny. But I know because it's so uncomfortable. And I was just like, I am so sorry because I immediately saw the hurt that I caused with that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say that in that way, mm-hmm. but it, it was said, you know. And I was yeah. like, Damn it to hell, yo! Of course, I use other words in there, but I was just like, I'm so sorry. A mean slip of the tongue. Yeah. Um, yeah. other times, and, and I cannot think of a specific thing, but I know that I do this when I get angry and I'm like super frustrated and I'm flustered, mm-hmm. um, where I can't get my, my like thoughts together in mm-hmm. a very cohesive way. I'll just be like, oh, well, then you remember when you did this thing like seven years ago? <laughs> oh, and you're trying to correct me now? You know, I'd be like, it's like. 
swords that are coming out. Mm-hmm. I cannot think of one moment right now because there have been so many. Oh. It's mental battles. I mean, I relate to you about the anger. I feel like a lot of people would say that we're either more inclined to say something that's hurtful or receive something hurtful when emotions like anger or fear or really extreme vulnerability or feeling attacked or defensiveness like i'm i'm trying to say something that to defend myself or why i hurt you or did something wrong like this is when hurtful things happen right i really relate to that the worst part of what it is though when i hear you is like these happen all the time why can't you come up with an example <laughs> Oh, yeah. You've suppressed it. I don't know. Why can't you come up with an example? I don't know. Like, um, where I have said something really hurtful. Well, that's so interesting because I can start because I think about the hurtful things I say. Yeah. And I I hold them on to like as like a badge of why I can perpetuate beating myself up, which I think is tied to my depression. You know, like every time I hurt somebody because I grew up in an abusive household. So if I use hard words, I basically keep a tab for myself for an X period of time where I basically tell myself like this is why you're a horrible person, which is horribly unhealthy. But it does help me keep tabs on how I'm a horrible person. (laughs) But like so examples, examples of when I've said hurtful things. In the moment of anger, if I start a sentence with you are, I am positive that the thing that will come out is something like you are an a-hole, which is like name calling is not okay. Uh, the, the you are, you are and fill in the blank and I just go off, you know, it's like whatever. And then there are moments when I'd be like, why are you even here? Like, why oh. Why are you even here? I don't need you. I've learned that that is such a mean and hurtful thing to say to your partner because in a partnership, you need both people equally. But I was raised, this is this is one I had to learn hardcore. I was raised to be hyper-independent and was basically like, nobody's going to take care of you, so you better take care of yourself. But that is so bad for a relationship. So yeah. when I say things like, I don't need you, and then my husband started saying things back like, well, when we get divorced or when I die, like you'll just move on and you'll be fine. And I started to recognize like that comes from a place of hurt where he's basically communicating to me like, oh, I recognize that I'm an unimportant person in this relationship. Yeah. Ugh, so bad. <laughs> it's I'm, just so painful. It's like, it, oh. it is very painful. It's like, you know, that p- it's like not the pit of your stomach, like the pit of your heart where you feel that you're like, oh, God shut up why am I saying these things there have been other instances where I used to do this all the time with my brother where he would attack my body like my weight to be like because he knew that that was sensitive area for me and I'd be Mm -hmm. like well that's why you can't even read a book you know (laughs) and so it sucks but this is where you pick up these bad habits of using insecurities, the worst. Yeah. The insecurities that you have to be like, Oh, I'm going to bring it right back at you, you know, cause that's when you feel most vulnerable and attacked and you want to defend yourself and be kept safe Mm -hmm. or feel powerful or reclaim power. Are there people who intentionally say hurtful things? Yes. 
what's that like? I don't feel like I ever intention. I mean, obviously there's intention because in that microsecond, I'm at a place now where I can see in that microsecond, I have an element of control. So I did have a choice in the past when I would used to lash out more when I didn't have my mental health issues under control. I, I would lash out more and it was less awareness of that microsecond to stop myself from being like, do not say the thing you don't want to say, you know? But I feel like the people who most say the most hurtful things, like I have a couple people in my life who just say some of the most hurtful things. None of them have insight. I don't know if they go home and they wonder like, man, is that a mean thing to say? Yeah. Or Or they're like, nope, I'm giving you hard truths or nope, nope. That's my opinion or something. Yeah. I was going to say, because when you said that, what immediately popped into my mind is um, like a bully. They don't care. They're going to just say what they need to say or what they want to say. And the the consequence of that doesn't matter. It's that it's what you're saying. Like, oh, I'm just giving you the hard truth as it is. It doesn't matter whatever perspective you want to take on this. It's just what it is. But we know from bullying research that people who are bullies are often bullied. And so they basically take that negative energy and that power dynamic from wherever they're getting it and they pour it to somewhere else where they have power. Yes. I know. It's like they're the most vulnerable. And like people who struggle with like unchecked mental illness, like I see this in my family for people – with my family members who don't yet have – clarity about how much their mental illnesses are impacting their anxiety and their stress and their insecurity. And they're like, you know, like we talk about being filled like a bag of flour and then, you know, something comes along and punches you. Right. And then you just explode. Like my family members who don't have as much insight, they say hurtful things and they're, and they don't see how their anxiety is like, I don't think they see that. And they just, they do say hurtful things and other family members are just like, I'm not going to talk to that person anymore. Like I'm just going to choose to not be in relationship with you. Do you think too though? And and I, my answer to this is yes, but I, I want to know your answer. Do you think that when somebody says something hurtful, the messenger makes a difference? Like the person who says, man, you can't say things like that. Yeah. Or- yeah, for sure. You know, in this case, you talked about um, your husband, right? Like the proximity and the value that you have of that person in your life, I think makes a big difference. The dynamic that I find the most challenging is if I care about this person a lot because we have a relationship, then I will be the the friend or the family member who says, I care about you, so I'm going to tell you this. With the hope that you change your behavior because if this keeps happening – I'm going to break up with you. Like I'm going to set up a hard boundary to protect myself, right? Because I care enough about the relationship to do that. But the hard part is with family members who I don't know well enough that I kind of don't care to do that. Mm -hmm. And then I just kind of watch them fall apart from a distance. Like I don't have any incentive to be like – I'm going to tell you this hard truth, but the way that you're acting is really not cool and you're alienating people. I, you know, I, I have, I also have folks in my life where they're like, you have to have tact. 
Mm. And um, sometimes I lacked, I lack tact. Mm. And, and that's probably because in the moments that I am reacting, right. And I'm reactive phase, I'm not going to be like, Hmm, let me pause. And it's very hard for me to do that. But mm. when you have the opportunity to think about how you actually want to approach these, this X topic or whatever, you may think about a more effective way to pose whatever you want to talk about, right? Instead of being like, well, you are such an ass because of whatever. And so- oh, see, I I like people like you, though, because I'm an overthinker. So I'll sit for like 10 months before I confront someone. <laughs> Whereas you'll just say it. You're like, well, my, you know, quote, I don't have tact or whatever just means that you just speak truth to power. You're like, I'm going to say this thing because this is what I see right here. Whereas I'm the kind of family member who's like going to sit there and be like, oh, I see what you're putting out. Like, I'm going to just wait and decide like two years from now whether or not I say anything to you. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I get it. Um, and I have family in, in my family who are like that. Like they don't feel fear about how or what that comes out as. Um, and so they just say it. And I think there's a lot of power in that because that's where like I think, oh, if your fr- family doesn't tell you, then who's going to tell you that you hear that phrase? Like if your yes. family doesn't. Because I think your family is more likely than your friends to just be like, don't be an ex. Like don't do that. You know, they don't have the qualms like a friend does where you just like, oh, do I? How do I navigate this? My friends, I I totally rely on them to tell me and be like, you're acting like an ass. Like, yeah. stop, you know? Um, yeah. But you know what I was thinking about when you were talking, Teresa, is the, the shame that we feel around all these issues, but the, and, and kind of what happens, right, when we're feeling that shame mm-hmm. and what we do with it. I thought I when you were asking about tact, yeah. I actually thought about that shame because I was like, oh, there's another situation where someone lashes out and it's because two people are too close to each other. Like they're so close to each other that – and this happens with partnerships, marriages, um, sibling pairs, you know, where I lived my whole life hurting and loving you and I'm so close that when you put out what you say, like I can't help but react in an emotionally charged way, yeah. which perpetuates the sword fighting you're talking about. Yeah. Which is why like when you're fighting, I used to, I don't know where people talked about this, but you know when, but you know when people tell you like when you're fighting or when you're married, don't go to bed angry. That thing <laughs> yeah. is the dumbest advice ever. Can we just tell the stupid person who invented that idea that that's not actually healthy like you need space to de-escalate and wrap your head around how you're being a jerk and have empathy and then come back calmer because I'll escalate from hurting you with words to like wanting to throw something which is another really bad habit that I had to nip in the butt the bud the butt (laughs) yeah I think it's bud actually, but I, um, I totally agree with you. I have found that once I, I do feel shame and it's, and I can see it, um, you know, you can see it, man. And not only can you see it, but you also feel it, you know, when, when you hurt hurt, someone, yeah. When hurtful things are also being thrown at you, I think 
you know when you've crossed that line in any relationship, whether it's an you know like a intimate relationship, friendship, family, you know when you've crossed that line and you're just like, damn it. I don't always just feel damn it though. So moment of confession, like, and this only happens with my partner where we wrestle a lot like with emotions and like trying to have a healthy relationship. And when I hurt him, because we like got that level of fighting, I I feel, yeah, a little bit. It's horrible, right? Like in that moment, I can say now with accuracy because I work really hard to attend to which feelings I have in these yeah. moments is that I feel both shame and anger and sadness that I lashed out at you. And at the exact same time, I also feel like, yeah, you heard me. Yes, I, I, I totally <laughs> feel what you're saying. And I, and I know it because I've, I've done it. And it's like in your face, dude, like in yeah. your face, I've, I've made myself heard it may not have been done in the best way. And maybe you don't even hear me, right? Like I've gotten it out. Yeah. So one thing I I realized, and this is tied to so much of our processing around anger, is that I lash out and say hurtful things or I get angry or I explode when I feel trapped. So in our conversation, if he says something to me like, you're this, like if he boxes me into a corner, if he tries to put words in my mouth, or if I feel trapped in any way, probably because of my trauma, I'm like, I see myself like a mouse, like that person I was when I was a kid. And I'm like, don't do that to me, dude. I spent my whole life getting out of that corner. I'm going to come full bore attack mode to make sure I'm never in that corner again. And it's like, this is a new revelation for me where I'm like, oh man, I got to unpack how to deal with this because that's not healthy either. <laughs> like I'm clearly not a small mouse sitting in a damn corner. I feel, I, I don't necessarily feel trapped in the same way that you're describing it. I feel confined to maybe a certain perspective in many, in many of the arguments that I have with my fiance, it's like, well, you're supposed to do X or this, this some expectation, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, who are you to tell me I belong in that little box? Nobody, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I make that decision. Yeah. And, and that similarly plays out in other spaces in my, you know, my existence where I'm just like, nobody's going to put me in this box. And then what happens for me, because my brain works in a certain way, it's like, if you say something and it's not logical to me, like it's not moving like step by step, I'm like, no, how can you say a thing, but you're referring to C, where is B? Like you can't mm-hmm. go from A to C, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it throws them and it throws me. Cause I'm like, dude, no, you got to stick with what you're saying. And that's when it just goes downhill. What is so interesting to me listening to you is that when you think about the way people argue, it's not just what people say, it's the tone they use. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And when you talk about rationalizing, like people who are lawyers or rationalizers, you guys are really good about using tone (laughs) to communicate feelings. And I don't – I have, like, the hardest time 
processing through those experiences. I don't know why. It's like, is it because because I was neglected, so I suppressed emotions? So it's take it takes me a long time to like understand emotions or tones. Like I'm obviously smart with tones and and, and emotions. Like I'm not not like I it's not like I don't understand them but in the heat of the moment I often feel like I'm being gaslit by by experiences because someone is using a tone on top of words for me that I just feel like I don't understand what's happening <laughs> you know what's funny though is that um I, I totally know what you're getting at because I, I do it I know that I do it I I can go from the tone that I'm at right now Um, and be like, well, actually the, what you had said was X and it's like, you know, the, I've been on the receiving end of that. (laughs) Make me cry. Like what's happening to me right now? The emphasis is like, I need you to understand these things. And, um, you know, in, in therapy, of course, um, even when I was studying, I remember this for some reason it sticks in my head where there, where you have, you know, when you're doing like, um, trial sessions with clients or whatever. And then they're like how you start mimicking the tone of the other person, even the body language. And so if you're coming at it in a combative way, both of us are like, fire, you know, we're going to spit fire now. And then if the other person is not at that fire stage and is kind of just chilling there like a little chicken, you know, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm all right. I'm calm. And you're the one just spitting fire. It it's, it's a complete dissonance. And you're just like, what? Like get mad, say something. And that, that's why this topic is complicated because Mm -hmm. feeling hurt, being reactive, lashing out, these aren't simple behaviors. Like, I think that articles want to simplify them to like five tips. This is the dumb thing about the internet that we do too. So I'll just acknowledge that we do too. Um, because it's just too hard to wrap around like the whole human experience, right? Yeah. Like it's everything in that moment. What you say, how you say it, who's the messenger, who's the receiver, what's your relationship with them? How are you being reactive and how are you being Reactive is what is reactiveness because it's different from being responsive. No, reaction is your gut instinct. Boom, boom. Yeah, first thing boom. that comes to mind. You say X, I feel angry. Boom. You say X, I feel scared. Boom. I I'm just it. gonna lash out and like snap at you like a snake, right? Yes. Yeah, that's what I call reactions. They're very normally unhealthy. Yes. <laughs> Or and like unhealthy because they they do they hurt. So if you don't come back and apologize and have insight and check, that's the thing. Like if you say hurtful things, the thing you have to do is like build insight that you're being hurtful and work to stop being hurtful and work towards moving from being reactive to responsive. Yeah. So what does responsive you look like? Man, um, responsive me is like. Taking a deep breath, because that's what I'm doing right now. Taking a deep breath and be like, I'm trying to process what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You gotta <laughs> give me space. Yeah. I, I yeah. have to walk away. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise, all I'm doing is coming at you with like the cobra head. Like, totally. yeah. 
That is absolutely the truth. Like figuring out when is your limit point so you can walk away is a skill. God, man. Yes. Yes. It is so hard to be in that moment and want to with, and I'm for me, for me to want to be just like, I'm just going to burn you down right now with yeah. everything that's coming. Okay. Can you do do this? So my husband and I have like, we need breaks. So if somebody is like, I need space, that's our keyword for like, no more. Yeah. But when we're in a hardcore fight, there's always one person. It's either me or him who's like, well, I'm not ready to give up. So I know you use your safe <laughs> words, but I just need to put in the last word. And he's always saying to me, like, you always have to have the last word. And I'm like, but you're not listening to me. And I don't care if you need to leave. I don't feel hurt. And I need to say this. Blah. Yes, I've done that. And you're like, damn it. Damn it. He called a space. Yeah. Space. <laughs> It's like in the middle of a game, right? Where you're just like, time out. And you're like, you have to like, uh, this is so funny because I played this with the in the weekend with the kids, like green light, red light, you know? And you're like, mm -hmm. red light, you got to freeze completely. Don't move, yo. Like, stop. I just got to say that thing. And you're like, don't, dude, because whatever you're saying is hurtful and it's not even effective. It's not effective. You just need to say it. You need to say it for you. <laughs> Yes. You need to say it to appease your needs right now, but that person is communicating to you that they're hitting their limit. So which one is it, you know? Yeah, I, I think what you're hitting on is the most important thing. You're meeting your needs. You're not yeah. thinking about the other person. And that's, yeah. that's the reactiveness, right? Where you're just like, what do I want right now? Because X thing. What do I need to feel safe? And I need to get that safety from our conversation instead of figuring it out myself and helping my felt, myself feel safe or heard or whatever. It's so important, though, what you're saying. This is a total process, right? And I think it takes so much time. But you also have to think about if you're able to stop. Great. Do it. You know, find whatever you need to, like, break away. But it's also important to think about, and this is on the other side of it, because I know in that moment, it's really hard to be like, what is causing that reaction from the person, which I don't think you can do right, you know, in the moment where I'm talking to you, Teresa, and we're angry, and I'm just like, oh, Teresa's probably having a bad day. No, forget it. I don't care about her bad day. It's me right now interacting with you. So pay attention to my needs and what I want from you, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. it's afterwards where you just then consider, okay, what else could have been going on? Mm -hmm. This is where I feel like a lot of people who ask, like, am I selfish also run up against? Yeah. Because it's about emotional selfishness. It's like I'm going to take and take and take emotionally from you and say hurtful things, but I don't apologize and yeah. I don't stop being that way. And Well, when you say that, it also like – it's like on the edge of – very toxic and abusive relationships, you know, where you're then mm -hmm. one thing is to say hurtful things. Um, mm -hmm. and, and then to be the recipient of hurtful things in certain situations mm -hmm. where it's not justified. That's not the right word, but I can understand why it, it has happened. But let's talk about, I think that's important. So how do we talk about the difference between when people say hurtful things and it's within the realm of healthier relationships and when it's like, no, actually what people are saying is abusive. 
I think it one it it lends itself to what you were saying before, right? And the complexity of it, like what type of relationship do you have with this person? Mm-hmm. Is it something that is passing that you you know, yeah, you may care about, but in the end of it, if it's destroyed, eh, it's not going to change your life at all, you know. But the other, what about a partnership? Like, well, how do I tell the difference between when someone is just saying hurtful things? I think it's a power dynamic, right? That's the every de- domestic violence or abuse situation is going to talk about power dynamics. So, like, if I when I have been in relationships where it's equal power dynamic and like I'm saying hurtful things, but so is the other person, and then we repair, we repair in equitable ways, meaning I get my needs met and he gets or he or she gets their needs met, it feels equitable. Whereas, like, when I've been in abusive relationships, it's like, something has happened in the dynamic where I'm always the one or they're always the one appeasing, Mm -hmm. creating safe space, but the other person gets to have power and lash out and has control. Yeah. You've used two words that are very important. One is power and the other is control, which they're, they're, Mm -hmm. they're the same in certain ways, but they're very different. The other is, I think, when you think about the relationships that you may have and how there's a there's a fine line that's crossed between this is a healthy healthy i'm going to put in quotes healthy way to argue through these issues you know and then the other kind of more emotional abusive side of it is we're continuously in this loop that mm-hmm. neither one of us is willing to accept, not blame, but responsibility Mm. for the hurt that I've caused or the hurt that I've received, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, well, that's just what it is. And that's the power, right? Where I'm just saying, you don't matter. So that's like a hurtful and destructive, like it's a toxic relationship that probably won't repair itself. Yeah. Not necessarily abusive, but toxic. Like this is not, this is not a healthy form of communicate. This is not a good way to communicate with each other. Yeah, I agree. Or- Getting into a corner so much that you just put your foot down and you're like, I will never concede with you is probably a good indicator. Indicator. Yeah. Of future success. Um, I think boundaries are here are really important too. So if you haven't talked with somebody in your life about saying like, I am not okay when we fight using cuss words or name calling or sometimes it's like I don't like this phrase you are not allowed oh, to God, use that yes. phrase yes or that phrase irritates me so like this phrase irritates me is a soft boundary but I don't like this phrase and it hurts me so bad I don't want you to use it is to me a hard boundary and then in relationships I find that we constantly negotiate and when stress increases to the max this is when we start to blur the lines on those hard boundaries. It's like, oh, I'll start to say that. I'll start using a cuss word. I'll start name calling and then you're like, crap. Yeah, I have the tendency, I mean, in um I curse regularly. <laughs> so that's your soft boundary where it's a hard boundary for me? Yeah. Yeah, I have no be- qualms, but my fiance is not a cursor. Mm-hmm. So for him, it's like, oh, I've already crossed it when I'm just like a hole, mm. you know. Mm. <laughs> um, but it's very hard for me in the moment to be like, 
let me find another word for this. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. So it's like you're saying, and this is true. So your habits yeah. make it so hard for you to see that for your partner, what is a hard boundary is impassable, but you have a bad habit. Yeah. I mean, this is hard because some people would say, well, that's true for me with like smacking or hitting. And you're like, that's not okay, you know? Yeah. But some people who've been emotionally abused would say, well, that's not cool. Like, you can't do that. Like, you can't just be like, oh, you're such an a-hole. Like, no. For me, that's a hard boundary because that's the way I grew up and I just will not let myself go down that path. Yeah. I think what it comes down to, babe, is the is the need to really identify the role of, of the people that are involved, right? Whether mm-hmm. you are the one that's saying hurtful things and mm-hmm. try to think about why it is. Mm-hmm. what is it habits that you have? Is it you trying to defend yourself, protect yourself and, and why? The why of it mm-hmm. is so important. And then on the other side of it is like, if you are the one receiving and, and being hurt by things that are being said, what's causing that other person to to react in that way. But I, I say that with a caveat that it is not your responsibility mm-hmm. to manage their thought process. Yeah. You know, no, it's not like you can try to be like, oh, well, Teresa's having a bad day. That's why she reacted that way. That's tiny. There's a much larger aspect to it. It's like everything that has happened in your life until now is what has caused you to be this way. It's, that's not going well, to work. It it is it is our responsibility to think about and tell our partner what we need. If they, so if you're if in they, a trusting relationship, yes. Well, and if you can't do that, it says something about your relationship. It says yes. something about the power dynamic that has already been created. Like you should be able to tell your partner this hurts me and I need you to do X, not yes. say that, not do that. And if you can't do that, that's a, that's a red flag. Okay. I'm going to ask you one thing, and I, and I don't know if you'll be able to answer this. Um, that dynamic shifts a little bit when the person that is saying hurtful things is somebody that definitely may have more power because of age, for example, like if it's a parent mm-hmm. or, or somebody, you know. In, Any caregiver. Yeah. A um, teacher. Yes. Mm-hmm. So what do you do in those instances when it's not like, you know, your friend or your mm-hmm. husband or, or your boyfriend or something? What do you do? I find that when youth get older, they have more power. Sometimes they have a voice at that point and they start to scream back. And then unfortunately, the only thing that can you can do is like, be aware of these things and these dynamics so that when you grow up, you're not going to be like your parent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then what can you do? Like if it's so bad that you want action to happen, you have the option to call, you know, like the child helpline and get guidance about receiving advice about child abuse at home. Um, There are hotlines, domestic violence hotlines. These are anonymous spaces that like Someone will process that with you to help you come to a decision. It's very interesting because I had CPS involvement when I was little and it scared the crap out of me. It mm-hmm. probably, it, I just wish like I knew that that was part of what was going to happen. And like, so that I as a child could have some control 
But I also know there were a lot of youth that I work with now who are like, well, I'm grateful because I was in such a dangerous situation that this is better, but it's, it's trade-offs because it's like, it's a, it's a horrible situation for a kid to basically have to decide between their abusive family or the abusive system. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I, I totally, I totally am, am vibing with what you're saying. I'm thinking about, you know, um, there are resources that, that folks can use like the crisis text line, where you may not necessarily know who to talk to, but if you want to like text a crisis text, I know you do is send MHA to 741741. And there are other hotlines out there that, you know, youth can actually have conversations with people, you know, about whatever it is that they're experiencing. I would say in closing, man, I think I always say this, which is not the greatest thing, but I'm trying to do the work to understand why I do the things that I do and trying to do better. So I think for me, it works in trying to think about all these things. And if it helps you think about it, go find some fact sheets on our website, worksheets and things that you can kind of help you process your feelings and understand more so mm -hmm. that you're not the receiver of, of hurtful things, or you're able to communicate the whys of why something was hurtful and or not say hurtful things and be better at communicating. Yeah, I agree. It's really important to have insight. We call that like self-reflection, thinking about where the people are coming from, thinking about where you're coming from. I think that if you aren't aware of how you're being reactive or how someone in your life is being reactive, that's a good place to start. And then ask yourself, like, how do I move towards being more responsive in my answers and taking learning how to take a step back, to take a breath and get some distance so that what you say is based on a better understanding of what your needs are and what you feel is what we try to teach people in therapy. And it is not easy. So there are a lot of tools like identifying your feelings and learning how to communicate your needs. It takes practice. So America, you and I have been doing this for 40 years because we're 40 years old. It still takes practice. Every day. Okay. All right, people. Keep fighting in the open. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.